That's the Mekons from their latest record, Deserted. In the studio, we have Mekons, Sally Timms. Hello. And John Lankford. Okay, off your phone, Sally. <laughs> And we <laughs> and we've kept uh, Bill and Kate and Donnie in the studio, so because uh, we'll we'll segue into some Fitzgerald stuff and Waco Brothers stuff. But talk about um, talk about. Well, let's start with that song. It's off the new record, and that's one of the few songs we actually had before we went to make the record. We right. sort of thought about that one a little bit, but we knew we wanted to go uh, and record in the desert, in California, in Yucca Valley, near the uh, Joshua Tree National Park, and our new ba- our current bass player. Most recent bass player, Dave Trumfio, has a sort of a, a share in a studio out there in the middle of middle of nowhere. So we went there during a tour and just kind of hung out there and saw what popped out. And how long were you there and what was that experience like? We were there for about five days on and off, but we kept um, going off to play shows occasionally. So it was a... So it was the usual Mekon experience where it's too many things crammed into a very short period of time. But uh, it was really stunningly beautiful. And we would just record in the day. And if we had a show to play nearby, we'd just drive and do it and then come back and keep recording. We did Puppy and Harriet's and then... San Diego and just, you know, short hops and then come back. And drive back. (laughs) And all crammed into one house, uh, sleeping in you know squeezed together in whatever beds there were well, some people had that, those and some people had those, those little trailers pods. that you can see on the front of their mm. yeah did Tom you stay was in one of those yeah. did you stay in these these little yeah. like yeah a couple of people yeah. did yeah. i think steve didn't like it he came yeah. and slept in my room with me and eric but <laughs> I think he was scared of the coyotes <laughs> it was really beautiful i mean every morning i would wake up with the dawn and i'd walk outside and all you could see was the joshua tree forest going up to the mountains and the sun coming up over the mountains and there would never be just me everyone else had woken up at the same time as you just you you couldn't help but go out and look it just got you up we got up early and we stayed up really late yeah. The stars, I think I read in some background, those no, weren't necessarily California stars. Were they from Australia? I mean, when the, the stars in that song. Uh, par- partially, it was about that, yeah. I mean, I was in Australia, and I suddenly, you know, out in the, the outback with some Aboriginal friends, and, you know, you really see the Milky Way there, and it's kind of overwhelming. But I've, I, the only other place I'd seen it like that was in Joshua Tree. It was? Yeah, yeah. It's very... Uh, Suddenly you realize people were sitting around for thousands and thousands of years, and that was kind of like Netflix. You know, you'd be sitting there looking up at that. I mean, so it's so spectacular. Except better. Except better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was looking at some stuff. You did When you did Natural, uh, you recorded that in a cottage in the English. I remember we talked about that back at the old times. Yeah, we went uh, in very close to what well, was in the Lake District, so, uh, you know, where Wordsworth roamed around and. Uh, we also did a, a record on the island of Jura when we went to um, Scotland and toured the Highlands and Islands. Because, you know, the whole thing about the Mekons at this point is it's got to be fun for us. If it's fun for us, then that's okay. And so why would we just carry on doing the standard, you know, going into a studio or playing a regular place all the time? It's, it's got to be something new. Site specific. We've got site yeah, specific. Right. That's a, yeah. Holiday, vacationing, and working at the same time. Well, we yeah, just, we just saw this spot when we did natural, and it was lovely. And we saw this pub that was fantastic, and then we thought, oh, it's great around here. We should. We were with the Sadies actually, so we should come back here and do something. And then there was a big stone circle, 
and then this barn we could just set up in and it, it was just amazing and all the songs became about the, you know the immediate landscape and think the history of that area so yeah that's right you know this little documentary we've been working on I, how, how long how long did it take to do the mekons documentary about seven that was probably six or seven six years or seven years that's about where started. we're at yeah but we uh that's one thing we try to do is talk about how environment and air and all that influences music do you find that when you go to these different locations and, and, yeah, and, make, and make music how does the environment influence you guys I would say lyrically it does. I'm not sure if sonically it does. I maybe think it did sonically bit. on yeah. this. On this, maybe in a kind of like big potpourri of kind of like different influences and associations, but definitely the, the, some of the stuff on the Deserted album. There's moments in I can't remember playing it. I don't know how it came about, but there's a bit. There's a song after the rain, and there's a sequence at the very end of that on the at the end of the album, which just is, it's like a load of kind of squeaking noises and i can't tell who's playing what uh-huh but it's really for me it sounds very much of that place yeah it's very like you said it's yeah. very site specific yeah odd odd give the listeners who are maybe not familiar with the band a little history of the band when you guys formed in 77 <laughs> yeah yeah uh formed in 77 punk rock band we, we, we were uh described as the people who took punk rock the, as the furthest extreme uh, actually forming a band with people no one who could play whatsoever and <laughs> we thought that was a positive advantage and then slowly over the years we you know had some adventures with major labels and real musicians joined the band and we weren't after a while we weren't afraid of them because we realized <laughs> that you know real musicians are good if they if they what they play is in service of the song or the collective experience rather than you know the virtuosity of the the music we were reacting against was the 70s, the prog rock stuff. I mean, we couldn't get, you know, we couldn't have been in now one of those bands. Now you're back. So we formed up. <laughs> now we've formed, now we've done a prog rock album. So it's gone full circle. <laughs> this is our, this is our, you know, in the court of the Mekong King album, this one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you really don't rehearse because you all live in That's different cheating, places. That's cheating, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we do rehearse, but we don't. I mean, I. People when? Up on that. We do rehearse, but we can't rehearse because, you know, some of us live in the States. And yeah. We don't even live in the same city in the States. And then some people live in London. Some people sometimes live in Russia. Some people live in Devon. So the only time we get together is when we're playing. So we have like a, a very, very short period of rehearsal which we're very used to now because which usually gets eaten away by yeah. flight delays or yeah. people not well we get by on charm you know we've that's that you if you mm. if you're under duress you have to be charming so. <laughs> i've run out <laughs> <laughs> but you have a, a slew of shows coming up uh, i'm going to try to get get these straight 9 p.m july 12th at the hideout yep and then you're at the square roots festival up there by lincoln square bloodshot mm -hmm. 25th anniversary yeah that's day. on the saturday yeah. is that and the 13th and 14th eight. yeah, yeah. And the 14th, we're back at the hideout. Yeah, and then you're even doing a show up in Madison. Yep. Yeah. The High Noon Saloon. With the Weekons. Who are they? They're a, a Mekon the, a Mekon's band. tribute band called the Weekons, <laughs> who we bumped into. And they're probably going to be better than we are. <laughs> yeah. We the thought it would be quite funny. They were quite embarrassed when we asked them to do it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, why not? They're unrehearsing right now. <laughs> we got to take a break and then maybe we'll come back with a song. I don't know. what you, You're going to sing a couple songs for us. Yeah, right? we're yeah. going to do, do a song. We're going to be bold and do a song off the new album. Oh, good, good. Yeah. All right, so don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Yeah. 
under dry Tongue teeth hook round eye Hunkered down in this barren hole Bristling exoskeleton antennae Come back later Come back, Come back again You should see us after the rain Armor-plated seeds and spores Armor-plated desperation Horns and ammo slit and claw Bleached white across desert floor Come back in seven years Come back Come back again Come back later some squeaking noises uh, that we can't render here unfortunately little animals coming to Just life imagine them bursting out of the ground it's after the rain from Very deserted cool. by the mekans who has to sing the words bristling exoskeleton antenna why don't you speak into the mic <laughs> i am speaking into the microphone i'm sure it's picking up it is a microphone it's this am radio you can't just wander off it's around not, the room it's not steel i'm in the room how did i don't i've interviewed guys a few times but did you meet through how did you guys first meet punk rock was it in leeds yeah. was it leeds not true actually what my cousin lizanne was sharing a dorm with your girlfriend at the time no they were in a, yeah they weren't in, in a, a dorm. halls of residence they were in a hall of residence yeah. so dorm yeah. No, they were not in a dorm. They had single rooms. I well, seem to it's remember. the same. Can- that is what a dorm is. Carnegie College of Education. Yeah. So anyway, that's Road. how I met John. And what were you? St- what were you doing? What were you studying? What were you doing? I was studying modern languages and business studies, but I wasn't at the university. I wasn't that smart. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm the you were at the idiot. poly with Mark Almond and Green from Scritti Politti yes. and Frank Tovey from Fad Gadget. <laughs> I was at the university with the Gang of Four and the Mekons. Yeah. 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 So, you know. And how many people have gone in and out of the Mekons? Over, last time I saw it was over 25. There well, might be. Not really as many as you'd think. Yeah. And the current lineup's been pretty stable since it's a, it's kind of 85, the very beginning of 85. It's Lou a and kind Steve of open John. house. So yeah. people come and do things and go away. But the core band and even the original core band are still knocking around in whatever form. So. 
I would say it's a, it's a pretty stable lineup. And how many pieces will be at these shows we're, t- we're talking about? All eight. All eight. <laughs> the ridiculous number of yeah. eight. Yes. Divided by, everything's divided by eight. Doesn't make any sense. One of my favorite stories is when you, this is kind of off the track a little bit, when you booked the band into the mutiny. Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. Talk, talk about that. And okay. the, the mutiny closed about a year ago. I know, right? it's, it just oh, closed re- so actually sad. more recently. Really? It's, it's a real Describe loss. the mutiny for people who, yeah. Well, the mutiny is a bar. We used to drive by on Western, right by Fullerton, and they have a big sign that says just bands wanted in the window. And we always thought, what is that place? And I knew that they put on kind of like punk rock shows or, or various things, but I'd never been in it before. And we wanted to do, we had this idea that we were gonna do it at the end of the tour, we were gonna do a, a, a show or a couple of shows that raised money for charity. We did it for Doctors Without Borders. So we, we had this- We got them I- three miles of borders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we did the hideout. It was called From the Hideout to the Mutinies. We played at the hideout and then we caught the CTA bus with the audience to the to the mutiny and it and some of the equipment. And the equipment, some of no, it. No, we didn't. We caught it to the corner of North Avenue and West. And then, and then we, we had, had to, to change buses. <laughs> and, it was and Tim Tutton and Cynthia Plastercaster were the tour guides on the bus. So we played a show, got on the bus, caught the bus with as many, it was packed with people. And then some people who were just on the bus ended up coming to the show because they were like, well, what are you doing? But the, f- the best thing was when I called up to get the gig at the Mutiny. And I, I called up and I said, okay, we want to play it your club and and this woman i think it was it was ronda she went yeah okay well what kind of music and i went well it's kind of country folk stuff and she said well what's the name of the band mekons completely nonplussed she'd never heard of us so i said uh, you know i said she said well you've got to bring in at least a hundred people and i was thinking yeah right and it's like the mutiny is packed with a hundred people every night so i was like well yes we can do that and so you went, all right, you're booked. And that was it. She kind of like the completely dismissive. It was great. And uh, and then I was thinking, well, is it booked really? You know, and so about a month before I would call up and go, we're still on the calendar, right? She would go, yeah, you're booked. That's it. You know, that's all it t- took, nothing else. And then closer to the date when we started advertising, they clearly were getting like loads and loads of calls going, is this a joke? Are the Mekons really playing at the mutiny? And they were like, yeah and so then when i called her she was always like what's going on and so the whole place was just packed when we showed up it was fantastic it was really really a great night paul birch played yeah. he oh, did from nashville with his band and then and so, uh, and we have bonnie prince billy that, was playing yeah, will oldham played and ted leo sang uh, loads of different people came and sang and it was just a, a really fantastic evening and we raised a lot of money so. at the end of the night the guy wouldn't give us a drink when we walked in was suddenly giving me pictures of margaritas <laughs> yeah. at the end was we were leaving he came up to me and said you know man that was, that was you're like the the second best band that ever played here and i thought that's perfect I was, and i suppose i think i was meant to ask who's the who's the best band but i didn't i just left and they it. had an eight channel pa and one of the channels was broken and it sounds fantastic in that room yeah. it's like fantastic and sound. there was an old bass amp in the corner that no one had plugged in for years and it was all covered in cobwebs and then there was a ceiling tile dangling yeah. down and well, Kelly Hogan saw the ceiling tile dangling down the orbit. She started. She sat on the floor and started crying. She said, this is so yeah, she, beautiful. She, she, she had a very emotional moment. Kelly. Did you guys ever go there? Bill, Kate? I've been in there. It was a total I, I dive. I've forgotten the name of the guy who runs it and he was a, you know, just, it's it was fantastic. a great Chicago 
we're uh, losing all these yeah. places. And it's and not it's just a tragedy. A, and it's not just a sign in the window. It wasn't like a paper sign. It was painted on the window. Yeah. Bands yeah. wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they wanted bands and to come. And it was really egalitarian. I mean, I loved the idea that I just called up and said, I want a show. Okay. Yes. No, like, send me your CD or anything like that. Yeah, all right, you can have a show. As long as you bring 100 people, which I know is clearly not what was going on (laughs) every single night at the mutiny. But it was just, you know, they were just great. I never got around to it. I always wanted to do a story. They had karaoke at 10 in the morning on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, carry- yeah, one yeah. And they told me one time I was in there a few times and they said like people you know maybe come in after you know for karaoke they've been out all night yeah. and they would they would come yeah, in I, it. I, I feel bad and the first time we walked in there was was to play the show and then I think I went back once or twice. But uh you know it just seems to me a great shame that we're losing. Yeah, you guys been around a lot. You've been around Chicago. You guys came here about 85, 86 something. Well, I moved here in 97. Okay. I started coming here. First to play. time I came was 85. Yeah. Yeah. Three Johns played yeah. the Metro. Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen the changes. Yeah, when I mean, really we never ventured. We used to go we used to go to El Sol like on Ashland and Fulham yeah. and I think that was like wow, it's the west side. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that was kind of like really, we're really exploring the urban environment mm. here. You know. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of new great venues. To be honest, there are you know if you go down Milwaukee, there's tons and tons of if you, if you want to play rock music or or you know if it's my kids are out of things all the time. I've got a 17 year old and a 21 year old. I mean, for so the last five or six years. I've heard about all these great kind of illegal clubs and warehouse parties and stuff. Like <laughs> do they? Do you think they move around the city more than they did in the eighties? In other words, there's more stuff going on in Pilsen maybe than there was in '85. You know, my kids do. I they go all over the place. Think that just tells you where's gentrifying, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I mean, not clearly, people are living all over the city, doing whatever they do. You know, we do our thing. Other people do their things. It's, well, it's like, like old areas, like I mean, Lincoln. Lincoln Park was the groovy place when we first came here. You know, yeah. up and down Halstead Street and up, you know, around by Diversity. That was kind of ground zero and it was really cool. And then now, I mean, you know, Wicker Park, which was, and Logan Square are completely kind of neutered, you yeah. know, as <laughs> places to go. If you go. like sports bars, if you like, you know, Chicago's thing. great if you like loads of sports <laughs> bars and loads of people in pastel t shirts and baseball caps, you know. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we could take a break uh, for the news. <laughs> He's not wearing a pastel t-shirt. And uh, we'll be back uh, <laughs> after this on WGN.